This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squiz. Squiz is a student experience platform that offers a full suite of solutions developed exclusively for higher education. Squiz has so many exceptional products that are worth checking out, but the two that I've been most impressed by are their custom site search product, Funnelback, and their website platform, which is a true DXP. And don't worry, I'll explain what that means in just a second. For the next wave of digital natives, search is not ancillary to navigation. Search is navigation. And Funnelback enables schools like yours to build custom smart site search. So that way your nursing program actually comes up when someone searches nursing instead of that one nursing faculty event registration page from like two years ago. And their DXP, it's so much more than a traditional website CMS. A CMS is meant for exactly what it claims to be, content management. It's an important part of your marketing tech stack and important part of the student life cycle. But that's just it. It's just a part. A DXP, a digital experience platform, is built to be the hub of your MarTech stack. It relies on powerful integrations, data management, and an open platform in order to create the kind of experiences simply not possible with a normal CMS. Say goodbye to the finicky plugins of WordPress and the crappy site architecture of Drupal that hurts your SEO and get ready to meet the fastest, most powerful, and most personalized website platform for colleges and universities on the market. Today, the student experience begins online, not at school. And as an enrollment marketer, your job is to ensure that prospective students find what they are looking for as quickly and as easily as possible. Squiz is the secret friction reducers that schools across the globe are using to not just attract the next generation of students, but nurture them to the point of enrollment in a way that is conducive and not counter to how they consume information and make purchasing decisions. You can learn more about Squiz at enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Again, that's enrollify.org forward slash Squiz. Welcome to Fanatical Fridays, a weekly podcast where I sit down with Mickey Baines, a principal at Kennedy & Company, which is a higher education consulting firm, to discuss the traits, the strategies, and the tactics that separate the best enrollment management teams from the rest of the pack. I'm Zach Buzicruz, founder here at Enrollify. Enjoy the show. All right, we are we are uh, in part two of uh, this, you know, little mini series. This really, I don't even know if you're allowed to call something a series. It's only two parts, but uh, we're gonna roll with it. Um, so if you are if you are just joining us for part two here, uh, this is well, you know, first and foremost, welcome to Fanatical Fridays. Mickey is out uh, uh, this week, and we have brought in Jamie Gleason who is uh, the VP of Enrollment Strategy at DD Agency. And for those of you who do not know, DD Agency is a sister brand of Enrollify's. So Jamie and I actually get to work together uh, a fair amount. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. He's got always, always has a lot of ideas, um, and it's exciting to bring him into, into this week's uh, podcast. So if you want to listen to part one, you can scroll down um, just a little bit and click on Enrollify's core show. And we talk about different marketing ideas, enrollment marketing ideas that we're, you know, new, we've been noodling on recently and are excited about. So go ahead and um, 
listen to that part first if you just want some inspiration for before you head off into into the weekend. But part two, we're going to talk a little bit more. We're going to have a little bit more of a focused conversation, kind of like a, a reflection really on Jamie's uh, time as a director of admissions. And, you know, we're in the middle of May. This is this kind of interesting, you know, period of time in enrollment management. May 1 is done. You know, the summer isn't quite there, isn't quite here yet. Um, and Jamie, I'm just curious for, for our listeners here, you know, what what are some things that you wish you had done differently or now that you've been out of admissions for, for a number of years, reflecting back on the, on, you know, that season of your life, like, what would you, what, what are some ideas you have for how folks can kind of best optimize this time to set themselves mm -hmm. up for success for the summer, maybe even like lay a rough foundation for the fall? What should people be thinking about right now? What ideas do you have to, to give them some, you know, hope and inspiration during this, during this period of time? Uh, and just any other musings that you might have about, um, you know, this particular moment and, and how to optimize it. Yeah. So this is a this is a, like a great question because I feel like every VP of enrollment or director of admissions like gets to this point. It's like this um, almost like a an exhale or a cleansing breath after May one, where it's like okay, you've passed the craziness. Um, and the bad news I think about this year and maybe years to come, and it certainly I think has been a trend that's been building, is that May one really has much less significance than it w than it used to um, yeah. a long time ago. So uh, I used to use May 1 really as like a as a coaching moment for my staff to like think about a goal and to really, um, you know, pay attention to like hitting a certain level of deposit. But uh, but for those who are listening, you know, I um I worked at schools that we had rolling admissions policies and May 1, while it was it was helpful for us to understand where we stood. Um, it definitely was not the point where we put the car in park and switched over to the junior cycle. So, or at least switched over to the junior cycle altogether. It was more like a, like a mixed bag after May 1. So that actually leads me to kind of like the first, um, you know, walking back through memory lane, like what would I do differently? So I, I often had these grand grandiose plans of like taking my staff, which was normally, you know, six to eight counselors and breaking them down so that I could have a certain level of focus. Right. So I would mm -hmm. take like, I want these staff to like work with, uh, seniors and this staff is going to switch over to the junior, like junior outreach and really start thinking through like fairs and you know all this kind of stuff that you're doing the summer because there's a ton of that like kind of the nitty-gritty planning stuff as i've thought about that you know i've had lots of time to think about it right like uh, you know i think that a lot of us who have who have gone to the dark side of the you know the vendor side having been in higher ed um you get a lot of chances to think about like how would i do this differently if i had it all to do over again or if i know what i know now how what would it what would it do I think the way I would think about that now is really um, put it in the context of like really being able to to toggle better, right? Hmm. So thinking of certain days of the week being like kind of completing the class and then other days of the week being able to just say, hey, this is a day when we're going to have, like we're going to focus on underclassmen on Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday through Friday. We're going to think about all things related to 
you know, whatever. So I wouldn't maybe choose those days necessarily, but like you get the idea, like where, where we're really able to focus on like um, the things that matter and the conversations that are, are deeply, you know, interest, interesting to those students um, instead of trying to do everything right. Like you try to do it all. And eventually what happens is you get, like, I used to get frustrated with like, you know, why aren't we giving this person attention? Why are we so behind on the, you know, the, our outreach to juniors? Why are we not scheduling visits on, you know, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, so really just being able to be focused, but I think, uh, the other part about that in that focus and I was never very good at this because I think um, also <laughs> as an, a director of admissions, you have to be like a really big cheerleader, right? You have to think through. Um, yeah, it's almost like every student who's ever been potentially interested, you never really want to close the door because you don't exactly know where that student is all the time. Hmm. I think as I've had time to like reflect on that for the last number of years working in higher ed and, and like working in ed tech, especially, I think that doing it all over again, I would definitely choose to take a harder line in narrowing the field, right? Like statistically, there are some, there are some monikers that we can all look at and say, if this student hasn't done this in this amount of time, like then we should just get them off the list and we should really reduce the noise in our ears about like what's happening. So, so let me, let me use an example. I have a good friend who's a consultant and he's, he's much older than I am. And he talks all the time about with me about the, um, the filing of the FAFSA, uh, in, in really like in his mind, and I don't disagree with him in his mind, the, the filing of a FAFSA is really, a very critical moment of a student saying, yes, I am interested. I'm interested in your institution. So, you know, to all those who are out there listening in this, in this weird season that we're in right now, my, my advice would be this. If you've been talking to a student, you know, through the, through the spring and that conversation has not led them to, to complete and submit a FAFSA to your institution, the chances of them coming to your institution are very low hmm. and it's time to either fish or cut bait to use an old fisherman's slogan, I guess. I don't know. I don't fish, but, um, but I think that it's one of those things where it's like, that's a very easy like line to say, Hey, these are the students that are in, they've kind of cast my vote. They've, they've said, you know, you have a shot at this and these are the ones who are not. Now, if you have, uh, let me put a couple caveats on that because I don't want everyone to be like, oh yeah, I'm going to get rid of like 80% of my, um, <laughs> my applicant pool who's not accepted yet or whatever. Um, if you haven't had a very good strategy for getting their FAFSA, then the, t the, the counterpoint to that is that's what I would focus on. Like figure out a way to like, see if they one plan on filing a FAFSA and two, if just there's some weird reason why they haven't given it to you right now, maybe it's because you haven't asked for it, which very could, very could be the case. Um, so really like those would be the, the advice that I would say is like, figure out a way to narrow that field. You know, the FAFSA might be one thing, you know, multiple campus visits might be another. The fact that they're ghosting you on all the text messages and calls that you're sending them, that could be another. So like figure out like, how do you reduce the noise so that way when you are toggling through the summer that you're that you're actually figuring out like 
hey, here's a group. Uh, and while my applicant pool for fall 21 is, uh, you know, is 8,000, I need to focus on these 800 because these 800, if I can convert them at 25% are going to take me beyond where I need to be. So it's really like kind of get rid of the riffraff. Now, the good news is that some of that, some of those non, uh, you know, the non-responders or whatever, they might come back and they might, you know, reemerge. So thinking through like the days when that, you know, how long it's been since they initially engaged with you, like all that kind of stuff, like that matters, but like figure out a way to reduce the noise so that you're not just distracted by everything. Cause this is a year when everyone's distracted by everything. Yeah. Oh, there's, uh, so much there. Um, one of the, one of the things that comes to mind as you talk, Jamie is, a sales tactic that I actually really appreciate when done well and has actually resulted in me re-engaging with a brand that I had sort mm-hmm. of ghosted and or and or ignored. And it's it's like the breakup text or like the breakup email, right? Where it's it's sort of like, hey, you know, we've noticed that uh you haven't really been participating in this, you know, community that you signed up for. Hey, you know, we've noticed that like you have haven't responded to and you know these emails that we've sent about upgrading to our premium offering right and no worries like now might just not be the right time for us to you know go deeper with with each other to to take our relationship more seriously um we'll always be here but we want to respect your inbox actually rand fishkin does a really good job of this with spark toro his new company rand mm-hmm. fishkin for those who don't know was at moz um he's you know big thought leader in like the seo and content marketing space and really he his the way that he's kind of positioning spark toro is this uh audience sort of um uh really really a platform for you to best understand where your audience lives online and um be able to like segment you know communications and whatnot accordingly it's really really cool tool spark toro if you haven't checked it out check it out they are not an enrollify partner yet so this is not <laughs> <Yeah>. an endorsement. <laughs> uh, this is not a paid endorsement, I should say. But it is an endorsement of, of their product. But anyways, what he does so well is he res- he has this way of like sending these these communications. Uh, I, I actually somehow got signed up for like text alerts. Um, and being just super forthright, like, hey, like you're not engaging sure. with our offers. And that is okay. Like we totally understand. You have so many options there. There's so many other things kind of like pulling for your time, your attention, your money, et cetera. Um, we believe very strongly in like connecting with, um, you know, in, in having valuable relationships. We don't want to be spammers. So like, you know, mm-hmm. we love you. See you later. If you ever want to re-engage here, you know, here's how you do so. And again, you have to be careful in how you do this and, and be strategic, especially like in admissions. But I, but I actually think that there's like a dearth of that. Like, there, there aren't schools that are being bold and saying, hey, like, Jamie, you haven't responded to our past 25 communications, right? <laughs> like, um, that's okay, right? Like, maybe you picked another school. Maybe you're rethinking everything. No worries. If you just want to have a catch-up chat and, like, want to talk through your options and where your head's at, whatever, like, here's a, you know, here's a link to, to be able to schedule some time with an admissions counselor or here's a resource that you might find helpful. But, um... Hey, we respect your inbox. We respect your, 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 you know, text messages. Like we'll see you later, you know, best of luck. And again, that's so hard for people to do, but like, because not enough people do it, I think you could get really creative. Again, you gotta be careful. You gotta be smart, but if, but if you can be careful, smart and creative, I think you could like really grow. I I think you would actually re-engage a lot of people to be honest. Right. Um, 
But at the very least, you as a director help your team, to your earlier point, help your team really understand who to focus on and who not to, right? Like it's yeah. hard to do. It makes our numbers and reports look a little, you know, wonky and, and whatnot. But if at the end of the day, right, that's what you need in order to focus, like that's your job as a leader, right? Is to help your team really focus on the things that are going to move the needle and ignore the, ignore the noise that you could, you know, send 12 more emails, right? 10 more text messages, and they're still not going to respond. Um, so I, I love what you outlined there. And I think like a, a path forward too for folks that do want to experiment with something a little bit is to, is to consider sort of like the breakup message, um, and how you can do that strategically, how you can do that, uh, in a way that's super, super creative and potentially can even act as a, a re-engagement campaign. Totally. Okay. So let's, let's mash two ideas together, right? In, in part one, we, I mentioned the tool bombbomb.com, which is yeah. really the only one that I know of its type other than, you know, that you can kind of own on yourself. So here's the chat. I'm going to throw out a challenge to the listeners. If you're a director of admissions and you're facing this, like, how do I craft a, a good breakup message? How do I make it personal? How do I make it like something that, you know, really is authentic? Um, and potentially has the ability to kind of revive the audience, do this. Zero cost, just time. Um, go on to bombbomb.com, sign up for your free trial. And I should say too, BombBomb is not an Enrollify partner. This is just a tool that I've used in the past. Sign up for a two-week trial, create the messages, create like 100 messages, personalized messages, short videos saying, you know, the breakup message, send them out, and see what the results are. Yeah. If if I, I think it would be such a cool thing. If you do this, if you're listening and you actually take us up on this challenge, um, we'll make sure that we, you get some some sort of something. I don't know what, but um, uh, we'll send you and, a special a special gift box. There we go. There we go. A swag box, and um, we are eager to hear the results because if you think about it, if you sent out a hundred messages and you got ten percent to reengage. That's still 10 students that you're not engaging right now. So the win is like right there. You could also sign up, every, you know, your whole office for a, a free trial and they could you could diverse, delegate the the effort out. But it makes a lot of sense, you know, coming from the director. So I think that would be a cool way to do it. I love your I think you're right, Zach. I also have kind of fallen prey to the breakup message before and said, oh, wait, I'm not done with you. I just haven't had time to engage. Yeah. Um, and, and it's absolutely like a, a well-crafted message can go a long way. So and even, I agree. And even that signal, right? Like it is super helpful because then you realize, oh, wow. Like, hey, Jamie, what, Jamie actually is still engaged. He just has been busy or like he's been thinking about other options too, but he's not ready to, to close the deal uh, on, on any offer, right? Like he, right. Yet, he's still kind of, he still is sort of thinking and, and that signal, right? All the more. Uh, gives your team right the ability to think differently about who to prioritize, who to talk to, who to you know send send a gift box to, right? Like um, as as a last minute push effort and and whatnot. Totally. So love that makes a lot of sense. Um, the other thing that I just uh, want to get your thoughts on on Jamie before we kind of wrap up here is like um, when you think about sort of this this season, right? We're we're entering we're about to enter into summer. Like one of the I know that summer, you know, isn't necessarily the most restful time for for folks in in higher ed. Depending on sort of like role, it might slow down a little bit, but it it also could, you know, in many contexts, it can be like the busiest <laughs> season, right? So, um, yeah. But like, 
I'd love your thoughts on how how can you bake how can enrollment managers like bake in time to to use the summer as sort of like a sandbox to to test new things like before mm-hmm. you before you just kind of re-sign with all the vendors that you used last year before you're just like yep sure. we're gonna do we're gonna implement this these same search strategies we're gonna we're yeah we're gonna try that that SEO package like we did last year or but you know we're not gonna invest more in that or before you just sort of like sign up for what you did before like what how do people like take a pause because it's so everything is so busy and there's there's never enough time and you know mm-hmm. obviously like July one for many people is is a big you know, restart to the fiscal year. So how do folks think about like taking a pause, exploring new potential strategies and tactics, like any ideas or frameworks or, or suggestions for sort of like a, an intentional pause and evaluation before just, you know, signing on to what you did in the previous academic year? Yeah, that's a hard, that's a hard one because I think, you know, for most who are listening right now, uh, it's like in some cases the budget conversations are kind of closed for next year and you've gotten the money that you had uh, allocated. Now you might not have the, the contracts might not be up. Um, but it is hard to kind of think differently. So this is what I used to do. And what I would encourage people to do is like, uh, as, uh, as an old guy, you know, as the old person, you know, who's potentially leading your office or that I should say as the senior, as the senior enrollment manager, um, you probably are working with staff who are young and, and, and vibrant and really using that group as a focus group to understand like, okay, tactically, where are we missing out? Like, what are the things that we're doing that are not resonating? What are the things that we have done for years and years and years that are really just kind of, they've become a routine, but we haven't counted. We don't count on the results. Um, I think that those are the things like where you have to like be intentional about like, uh, uh, you know, the pause really has to be intentional on those areas. Like, so what I would say is like, uh, and this is what I used to do to, to my staff was like, you know, ask them to come back with ideas of things that they would love to see, you know, like if you were me, what would you do? Like, you know, kind of pose it that way and then try to build a case, like a, a, a business case around that. Like, how do you, how do you justify an expense? Like, what's the investment of time? Like, how can you try it out? Like without, you know, kind of a low risk, you know, fail fast and cheap kind of mentality um, and, and try it. Like, I think the thing yeah. that we just said, you know, like sticking a bomb bomb message or sticking a voice or video message into an email, like figure out like quickly what those results could be and how you could like use that um, in the next cycle, kind of in its fullness, like, what would that look like? What would it look like to, to introduce a new, a new tool or to like, um, kind of jump into, uh, something that you've always wanted to do. But I think you're this, what I always found was that the staff really had their pulse on what students, what the undergrad students that we were talking to, especially, you know, like, um, the, you know, the traditional 18 to, or I should say like 16 to 19 year old, like that student really has a particular way of that they want things. Um, so figuring out how to leverage that and then, and, and really just, I think intentionality is, is the key because while we're all tempted to think that the summer is like, okay, this exhale, I'm going to, you know, I used to put a hundred things on my list in the summer that I wanted to do. Yeah. And I was luck. I was lucky if I could get through like half of them. Um, 
But I think if you're intentional about doing it and you have realistic like expectations of what the outcome is going to be, um, you can not only, you know, find some new ideas, but I think that the, I, I love the scrappiness of enrollment management, right? Like there's a lot of like ways that you can get super creative and you can do it on the cheap as long as you have um, the ability to tolerate um, some some chaos at times, right? Like there's going to be some chaos, but if, I think if you understand like what you're trying to, the, the results you're trying to achieve, yeah. Um, then I think that a lot of, there's a lot of success to be found. And, and the added bonus is too, um, is that you can get people who are excited about something that you're not doing, or maybe something that they think you should be doing that you haven't done historically. So one example I have of that is, uh, when I was, and this was like, remember when those little, um, those little cameras came out, they were called flip cams. They were oh, like, yes, yes, they were, I mean, this is like super old, maybe like 14 years ago. Maybe not that long. Maybe it was like 20, 2008 or something like that. Yeah. I guess that would be almost almost 14 years ago. I had oh, goodness. one. I had one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so those came out for a while and everyone went crazy. This was like when blogs were first a big deal and like all everyone had student bloggers and all this kind of stuff. But like, um, anyway, what was my point in that? Oh, I had a student worker uh, who was like a, an unbelievable like still photographer. And he was very, he's actually a professional videographer now. So like this guy would, he would like, um, I actually paid him to like, just go around and just tape things. Like just, just go out and like tape things that you do as a student and show, like show the world what you would do as a student. And it was like one of these things where, uh, like we hadn't been doing it and he was passionate about photography yeah. and it was just a way for him to like use his creative voice in order to showcase a school that he was that he loved. Now you can translate that into the, you know, to the own, like to what we can do now, or you can put it like on a big multi, you know, bigger channel, you know, experience where it's like something much larger than just a person taking photographs. But I think that there's a point wherein we can capitalize on the passion that people have. So if you have someone who's a, an SEO guru and they want to do like, you know, they, they think they can create something. Or if you want to have an SEO project like that, that you that you need to do, like think about ways that you can like make your SEO game a lot better. Um, you just have to be intentional and you, you have to understand that the vortex of the summer, that the craziness that's happening around you and it has been happening for months isn't just going to go away. You've got to like almost almost like we talked about before, you've got to toggle into that sandbox. You've got to say, hey, this is one day we're going to take like one day a week or one day a month or one day every two weeks or something. And we're going to focus as a team on figuring out like, how can we do this? How can we get scrappy about what we're doing? And in the process, be more personalized, Yeah, you know, be more authentic, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, no, I, does that make sense? Did I answer that? No, that makes a lot of sense. And the, you know, the last thing that I'll, that I'll say here is to summarize what I hear you saying is, we're so optimistic about how long, you know, things are, how many things we're going to be able to sort of accomplish in any given season. And so maybe sort of like the takeaway is like, what is like one big thing every week that you can do to improve your team, improve sort of your, your marketing strategies, improve your, your processes, pick one, right? Like, cause there's going to be so many, you know, just, just the regular to do's of the day, the regular to do's of the week. Um, 
that are that are just gonna that are just gonna pile up and require a lot of attention. But what would it look like for you to be able to say, okay, this summer, each week at the start of the week, Monday morning, I'm gonna write down the one big thing, just one big thing yes. that I want to do this week, sometime before the weekends, that is going to help me improve my marketing strategies, improve my collaboration with my team, improve my, you know, maybe it's even a specific tactic, like improve my email game or SEO game, as you were saying, and just focus on that. And if you do that, right, yep. for the entire summer, by the end, you will have grown, right, your your knowledge and you'll, you'll have better understood what works and what doesn't. You will have taken the time to like, look at the reports that your vendor partners have given you and actually like, dive deep into them and have some focus so you understand what worked and what didn't um and you know at the end of the day also be able to like lead your team <coughs> excuse me now it's my turn to clear my throat um <laughs> to be able to like give your team some rest and um and and really some sort of like motivation for for the year ahead so i love i love yeah. what you've outlined i think it makes a ton of sense and um i yeah i get excited i think i think summer almost like the turn of the year um, is for, for a lot of us, it, it's sort of like this opportunity for a reset. Um, it's that, it's sure. that midway point. Yep. And I think that the, the schools, the enrollment managers that actually carve out that time to pause, to think, to, to recalibrate a little bit. Um, those are, those mm -hmm. are the teams that end up winning. Yeah. And I would say too, you know, one temptation I think in that process is that it's, it's tempting to always think we have to add something. Mm. We have to add this. We have to do this. I think uh, I used to work for one of the VPs I worked for. She used to say, there's addition by subtraction. Ooh. And there is there is a lot of validity in what you just said and in like reading through some of the vendor reports that you've seen, reading through some of your like your, you know, reportings from your CRM or things like that, and figuring out how do we reduce? How do we do less? How do we be more strategic? How do we figure out like maybe how to consolidate certain efforts? Um, yes, totally agree with you. I think, I think the temptation for me is always, how do we do more when really, I think a lot of times there's a, there's a lot of value in how do we just do less and do less better. Yeah. Yes. Yep. Well, sir, this was a lot of fun. Thank you for super, carving out some time, fun. uh, in your, in your busy schedule to, to chat with us and, um, yeah, we'll have to, we'll have to do this, uh, some more. So, Again, listeners, this is part two. You can go ahead and listen to part one by scrolling down and wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, that's a little bit more idea focused, a little bit more of a, of a marketing kind of brainstorm there. So uh, if you guys like this little two part kind of mini series segment ish sort of thingy, let us know and uh, we'll, we'll do more of them. But um, appreciate your all's attention as always. Have a great weekend. Thanks for, uh, thanks for being here, Jamie. Oh, thank you, Zach. Have a good one. Hey friends, we hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Fanatical Fridays with Mickey Baines. If you have an idea for a topic you think we should cover on this show or riff on, please feel free to reach out directly to me at Zach, that's Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, um, and I will bring it up with Mickey, and we will chat about it on an upcoming episode. So again, that's Zach, Z-A-C-H, at enrollify.org, and reach out if you have questions, comments, thoughts, ideas for things that we should be talking about. All right, guys, take care, and we'll see you next week.